0: While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swinger high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe From any depredy gal to George. Today we're going to hang a man. We're going to discuss the details of his crime and his punishment. I don't plan to get too gory, but If this sort of thing bothers you, you might want to check if there's an episode of Office Ladies you haven't heard yet. Or there's this cool podcast called The Walking Podcast, which doesn't have any voices, just the ambient noise of someone taking a walk. You still here? Okay, let's go. We're in Rome, Georgia, with a crowd the newspapers will call between 10 and 20,000. It is Friday, March 16th, 1878. It's about 1252. A man is climbing the steps of the scaffold, and in just about eight minutes, he will be dead. This is Moving Through Georgia, and today it's the end of Gus Johnson. Johnson is 26 years old and described in one paper as the son of respectable parents. Another reporter, who was searching for the possible reason he could have turned out the way he did, notes that his father had commanded a regiment for the Confederate army and had once fought a duel. After the war, he and his son would ride in the night with the Ku Klux Klan terrorizing former slaves in the air. Young Augustus, or Gus, as he would be well known, would grow up and gain a reputation as a drinker and a murderer. In fact, it's a murder that has led him to climb these scaffold stairs. Johnson once saw an announcement in the newspaper offering a reward of $25 for the return of a stolen horse and an additional $25 for the thief who took it. When he found the horse, he rode it back into town. Bringing the thief in was a little more difficult, so when the owner asked, Johnson produced a pair of ears and claimed they were proof the man was dead. I assume the reward was paid, and a few days later the horse thief's body was located, minus his ears. As he climbs the steps, Johnson is starting to complain loudly. He'd had a light breakfast and wanted to be hanged earlier. Closer to about 11.30 so that he could be in the afterlife for lunch. What the people in the audience think he's going to be served in the hereafter, well, you can just imagine. Johnson hated African Americans. In Selma, Alabama, some black citizens had won an election and a riot was brewing. Johnson stepped up and offered to arrest one of the newly elected. The newspaper says he was deputized to do this, but I can't say if he was working in any official capacity. That could just be a figure of speech. Either way, he murdered the man. He was arrested and released with a finding of self-defense. Oh, and here's an interesting point. Johnson is drunk. Don't ask me where he got it. Maybe one of the jailers thought the day might go smoother if he had a little whiskey in him. Two priests and a Protestant minister are quarreling over who will be the last to speak over the condemned man, and Johnson is calling loudly for more whiskey. Murder was bad enough, but Johnson had also been connected to at least two rapes, one of which was his cousin, and just so you know, I'm not telling you all the stories associated with Gus Johnson, some are just too much for a decent audience like yourselves. Suffice it to say, the Rome newspapers would occasionally have one paragraph where they would talk about a body being found and say, it is assumed to be the work of Gus Johnson. We do know he got off on the rape charge regarding his cousin when the family managed to have him committed to the state insane asylum. Someday I'll do an episode on conditions at the state lunatic asylum, but for now just say Johnson would not have been really cared for or comfortable. Patients were warehoused rather than treated. In the doctor's defense, they really had no idea what to do with their charges. Now, the state's main facility for the insane would have been in Milledgeville, which would have been something like 150 miles away, but he may have also been kept in a local hospital. Either way, he escaped, and on his return to the Rome neighborhood, he committed the crime that would seal his fate. Johnson wanted to cross the Coosa River and came to a spot called King's Ferry. He hailed the ferryman a black man named alfred mccarver and demanded that he bring the boat over to his side of the river mccarver started to but apparently not fast enough for johnson who yelled at him to hurry up mccarver said something like if you want this boat faster come get it yourself you know the sort of thing you'd expect to hear and johnson drew his gun the boatman said something else and johnson shot him then rode off He told some friends that he had killed the ferryman and that the authorities were too afraid of him to arrest him, but a proclamation was printed asking for help locating the suspect and Johnson was arrested as he walked into a camp meeting. At trial, the defense pled insanity, but nobody was buying. He was asked if he had anything to say in his defense and no reply. The sentence was read, closing with the command to that a he would be taken be by the sheriff, sheriff by the ordinary of said county, within one mile of the courthouse, with a rope around your neck, and that you, the said Augustus Johnson, with the rope aforesaid, at the time aforesaid, be privately hanged by the neck until you are dead, 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 and may the Lord have mercy on you. The judge did say dead three times, and as you can probably guess, this is far from a private hanging. We're getting close to the end now, but Johnson is arguing about the length of the rope. This is important to him, he wants to die suddenly of a broken neck instead of choking slowly. While they try to work that out, let's hear his last words. He uses a few words that we don't use anymore, but in the interests of historical this is accuracy, Gus I'm read Who for You bait. Have heard of as a bad man. Some think I am a monster. My father was a colonel in the rebel army and bore a good name. I am to die for killing a Negro 14 miles down the Coosa River. I am sorry I killed him. I have always been a bad boy. I have killed four men in my life. I can swear to too. I have friends in the crowd who would rescue me, but I want them to let me hang. Cicero Eccles, John Beard, and Bob Milliken killed Squire Foster. They would have been hanged, but they bribed the solicitor with $25, and that case was not pressed. Squire Foster was an African-American who was killed in Rome. Uh, Gus was originally assumed to have been the perpetrator of that particular crime. And here it is, 1 o'clock. The hangman pulls the lever and Johnson drops through the trapdoor. He might have been right about the length of the rope. Although he fell 7 feet, the drop didn't kill him and it would take him 17 long minutes to die. This is Moving Through Georgia. It's a Georgia history podcast that mostly focuses on Northeast Georgia, but wanders around a bit. If you have any questions or comments, I can be reached at movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com, all one word. And if you like what you hear, I don't know how you could like this, but you know what I mean. Please give us five stars on whatever platform you listen on. It really does make a difference. So, that's the end of Gus Johnson. It's a testament to his reputation and his danger to the community that the state would hang him for killing a black man. Gus Johnson in Rome, Georgia has earned his place in history for being the first white man in Georgia to die for the murder of a black man. Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low The Alaman left for the old left hand. around the ring you go A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe From an pretty gal to Georgia, that's all